Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Alrighty, go bros. What is going on? I have Chris Dunham on today, and uh, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty and learn all about Chris. So uh, hold on to your seats, and let's get it going. Chris, uh, welcome to the GoBro podcast. Hello, hello. How's it going, everybody? Hey, Chris, why don't you kind of give everybody a three- to five-minute story on Chris Dunham's life from the day you were born till today? All right. So I was born in the Bay Area. Uh, I grew up in a middle-class household. Uh, my dad was a firefighter and my mom was a stay-at-home wife. kind of feel like I had an interesting childhood as uh, my role models were pretty extreme. My mom, very low-key homebody. She enjoyed simple things like watching TV and at the time helping me with my homework, playing video games with me. My dad, on the other hand, very intellectual and social guy, graduated from Cal. But it's interesting because he has a very blue collar work with your hands feel. Being a parent now, I find it pretty interesting that a person so intellectual didn't mind me being around dangerous activities all the time. <laughs> I can remember being like seven or eight years old and I'd be cutting down trees with a chainsaw. He had me sliding down this 20 foot pole at his firehouse. He'd, he'd go racing with me. Uh, the list goes on. When I really think about it, though, I attribute his parenting style to giving me the no fear, unbreakable confidence I have today, which obviously helps with business, right? So a few things I have going for me. Uh, I was always naturally handy, and school is pretty easy for me. I think the bad part was that school felt kind of too easy for me, and I didn't really apply myself. So I kind of had some conflicting things going on in my head. I was this kid who was gifted in this gifted program and was good at academics, but uh, didn't like school. So what did I do? Started hanging around with uh, knuckleheads. Definitely learned different sides of life. On the bright side, I'm still here. Uh, I learned some biz simple business models and I learned what real hustle looks like uh, due to necessity. 
fast forward to college, an older friend introduced me to the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, kind of never looked at the world the same after I became intrigued with business, self-improvement, run a ton of books on success in real estate, and I noticed kind of a pattern that emerged, and that was to find a mentor. So I put it out to the world, I asked everybody I knew um, if they knew anybody that invested and was successful. Uh, eventually a family member mentioned a real estate guy that they knew and luckily for me decided to take me under his wing and through trial and error making money losing money asking a ton of questions I'm here where I am today that's it and where where are you today so I have a w-2 emergency responder pretty much you know do that do that uh, 40 hours a week and then I have a portfolio of homes about uh, it kind of fluctuates because I'm selling off my crappy properties, but I got about 50 doors. So I, I, I get, I have busy, busy weeks. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you sure do. Now, are you married? You have kids? What's your, uh, what's your life, family life look like? So I'm married. I have uh, three kids. Uh, just had one come out of the oven. So got my boy though. Woo! <laughs> Yeah, no, I have two girls, one boy. I, I had uh, my boy on my vision board for about a year. I told uh, Daniel Ramsey about that. But yeah, I had him, had him on uh, vision board and I pretty much did affirmations every day to have a boy. So me and the wife kind of talked about it. We planned to have a kid. Um, we didn't want to do like uh, a natural shaking up of sperm to have a boy. So we were just like... Cool. You didn't want to put the sperm in the spinner. I've yeah, known some exactly. people that have, that have done that where they spin it and the male comes out, hopefully. Yeah, tr- I trust like, me. I like I, the affirmation. I like the affirmations better. It's much more natural. No yeah, messing so with I, Mother Nature. Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, man, you know, I, I believe that having money def- definitely gives you some abilities to do that. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to spend that money, but. Uh, I was really on the fence about it, but I didn't do it. Um, got my boy and a uh, healthy boy too. So very happy about that. That's great, man. So I want to talk to you about the W2 thing. Like, I think we probably, you might know better than me. We probably have close to 30 GoBros out of, you know, out of, you know, at least 10%, let's say, let's say around numbers, 300 GoBros are w-2s probably more than that i mean it'd be a good survey to have and i think yeah, one of yeah. the one of the visions of of uh our new ceo chris is uh uh is the micro tribes and and he wants to have a w-2 micro tribe and uh and i guess we'll find out that answer before sooner rather than later but let me talk to you about it talk to me about the struggles you have with owning 50 units and also keeping a full-time job. And not only that, but I think what a lot of people probably want to hear is what kind of struggles do you go with in your head where you're like, you know what, <laughs> you know, I'm in the E quadrant, but then I'm kind of all the way past, you know, S, B, all the way over to I uh, in Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. So you're kind of like skipped over two quadrants, but you still got one foot in the E uh, and, and tell me, like, like what goes through your mind? How hard is it for somebody to take that leap of faith and, and, and make it all the way over there to yeah. the quadrant? Yeah. 
So a lot of things just popped through my head when you were saying that. But uh, the first thing is, uh, you know, when I put my mind to something, I make it happen. So before I got married, uh, you know, my kind of daily routine was to do, you know, go to realtor.com, go to all the auction sites, go do all these things every day. So I pop up my computer and then literally all the MLS and everything pops up. So that was kind of my system that allowed me to scan through these deals. So that, that was the thing that really allowed me to get so many deals so quickly. I mean, you know, just like anything working out or whatever you put your mind to, you're going to, you're going to do it. So I, regardless if I had a W2 or not, I wanted that to happen because, you know, I don't, I don't see myself being into W2 forever, but I do think because I make pretty decent money and my wife makes pretty decent money that that's, that allows us to keep scaling and keep buying these houses. I don't think uh, me and my wife have done anything extremely difficult. You know, it's just buy a house with, with, the money we make and keep doing it. And as long as they keep performing, it's just, you know, they keep stacking up and you're like, wow, I have a lot of houses now. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a struggle back and forth with like, well, my time and all that, but it's just being intentional, right? You gotta, you gotta, uh, time block your time. Um, being in go abundance definitely helps, right? Like, uh, I think go abundance, just in general, kind of helped me really get the focus down on what I see myself doing in the next five years. Uh, you know, I'm scaling to, or I'm learning multifamily with Andrew, so I don't have to play these onesie, twosies, seven plex kind of kind of deals. I can just get one deal and pretty much be out of the rat race. Um, so, so what percentage are you? I am. 60, 69. All right, 69% percentage. So here's the big question, right, Chris? What percentage do you need to be to quit being an EMT? Well, so no, I'm an emergency responder for the uh, utility company. So I respond to gas leaks, explosions, fires, all that stuff. But uh, uh, okay, I, good. I, different, different type of emergency. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it has its fun points, uh, for sure. Adrenaline rushes. But um, uh, I, probably 120 percenter. I, I think that I'd feel real comfortable with that. But, you know, uh, I'm on baby bonding right now. And I actually think that I could dial that back quite a bit because I kind of feel like I've gotten all the toys and the the things that you know the small stuff right we can always we can always say we want a plane or something bigger but you know really i got you know i got the the house and i got some pretty decent cars and you know i got my family now so that that, that chapter's kind of out of uh you know down so i road. mean like how's your horizontal income compared to your vertical income is your vertical income significantly more or, well here's a percentage question what percentage uh, of I understand that, you know, your horizontal income is 69% of your family bills, but what would you say, what percentage is your horizontal income compared to your vertical income? Horizontal to vertical. So that would be. Yeah. yeah. Just figure that out. That, that'd be an interesting thing. I mean, like, is it, 
I'm just curious. Are you making too much? I mean, two two times as much, or are you making more? Yeah. So so verticals about two nineteen right now. So yeah, we'll just say double. Double. So yeah. So you you'd almost have to if you wanted to live the same lifestyle, you'd almost have to uh, triple your horizontal income now. But see, that's not necessarily true. See, I don't I don't know how a lot of GoBros kind of deal works, but you know, my wife makes pretty decent money too, right? So I'm kind of the shaker and the mover in the real estate space. So okay. So I quit mine and now I could do this full time and you oh, know I see. Yeah. I see. And then she could keep working. She could keep working. She actually dialed back her hours because you know, that's just what happens when you have kids and you kind of realize that, you know, the money really isn't, isn't all that, you know, it's, it's, it's all that, but it's not all, all that. Right. <laughs> right. So, so your 50 doors, like to, what does an average door look like in your neighborhood? Like what, what, what's your average rental look like? So it's, well, there were, I bought them when they're really cheap and you know, that, that kind of helps, but you know, I continue to build, to build the portfolio. So like, for instance, when I really first started, I was buying houses for $16,000, you know, and what do you rent that for? Uh, 650, 657, 650, 700 bucks. So, so your average rent is probably 675. You think? Yeah, that's about right. And these are things now that are worth what? 50, 60,000. Some of them 50, are 60,000. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. And, and, and single family homes is the only asset class, right? No, I got small multi too. I have uh, three college dorms. So what college, what college is that? Indiana tech. Indiana tech. Huh? And, uh, and, and when you say three college dorms, like how do, how do you work those? You, you rent no, out, I, I don't know if it was you. I don't know if it was you, maybe from seven to eight, but basically I took, uh, so, you know, it was getting competitive. I was like, man, I'm not getting any deals. So I took these huge houses that were near the college. So they weren't technically uh, college dorms. I took these huge houses, 2,000, 3,000 square foot houses. And I said, fuck it. I'm just going to tear out certain parts of this house, make it kind of like a place where you can collapse, you know, just congregate and put in seven rooms in each of these huge houses and so it's college housing yeah i love that i mean that's uh, you probably did get it from me that's a, i do that at university of maryland college park and then just the rents are just astronomical i made that yeah, I, mean, I, I did this i didn't hear your podcast before this this was my thing i thought i was like the smartest guy i was like shit i'm fucking killing it you know everybody else has to buy these multifamily houses to get college students in there where I take just a big house and make it make it worth way more just because I can shove people in there. Yeah, all you need is a kitchen and like a little little area for a couch and a TV, and that's it. And all the rest are bedrooms and bathrooms, and and the kids love it and pay the rent as long as they got good Wi-Fi and you know they got uh, and it's close. It's walking distance is exactly. what I'm finding. Uh, things are changing though, like. Uh, you know, I don't know how how it's happened with you. Uh, with my universe of Maryland, I'd say I probably got say eighteen girls renting the rooms right now. I had a couple of them, a couple of their uh, you know parents say you know we don't want to we don't want to pay the rent. I said hey, well I have nothing to do with the college, even though the dorms are closed. I'm still open. You know, I'm just a guy, and they all paid. 
you know, but I don't know what's going to happen next semester. You know what I mean? I'm still very concerned about next yeah, semester and the semester after that. And, and people now are saying that, you know, the whole concept of college is going to change where just less and less kids are going to want to be near campus or live on campus, which I do believe is possible. I think the dorms will get hurt more than having a house with only six other girls in it. I think I'm probably. actually probably in a, in a better spot. What, what do you think? What do you anticipate? Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, is I think college, college is a couple things. It's education and it's a place to kind of socialize too. So regardless if, uh, you know, there's a pandemic going on, I, I can guarantee you there's kids that are like, fuck it. Let me just go to college. Let me meet some people um, and let the dice roll where they may, you know? So I think that'll kind of help, help us. I mean, if I owned like, uh, you know, a, a dorm with a hundred, 120 spots in it, then I'd be a little bit more uh, worried, but you know, we're talking about seven bedrooms here. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, only I think it's good. Tell. I think it's a good way to go. I mean, it's very hard now, you know, we, my GoPod uh, filled out the GoBundance uh, predictor sheet, which is where you make predictions of cap rates and the S and P and things like that. And, and the currently in, in, in this month, in this year, the cap rate, the average cap rate across the United States for single family homes is 1.7, which is, if you're really looking at that compared to other asset classes, buying single family homes is the absolute worst asset class to invest in. So I think it's smart that you're looking to invest in other asset classes and move that forward. Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I, I think on the other hand, you know, it's like people need places to live, right? I don't need to be buying mansions, right? I just need to buy the starter home for people. And if they don't work out as rentals, I sell them. That, that's it. You know, I, I rate these single family houses, ABC, and if they're crappy and they don't perform, they, they get kicked to the curb and the money goes into something else. That's just the I way do it the works. same thing. I, I just sold two of mine. And one was near a busy road and one of them, the taxes just about doubled on. And yep. uh, and I was like, you know what, both, both of these are trash. They're going. So, um, all right, let's shift gears a little bit here uh, sure. on your one sheet. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your health, Chris. Um, how much do you weigh? I weigh... Way two twelve. And what is your body fat? Twenty three percent. And what do you want both of those to be? Uh, I want to be one ninety and about sixteen percent body fat. You doing anything to get towards that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I just told you I had a baby, so that's kind of what's uh, really been affecting my weight and body fat and everything. So, you know, it, it, unfortunately, when, you, when your wife is pregnant, it's, it's seafood diet. Whatever she sees, you know, that's what she's going to eat. And that kind of bleeds off on me. Fortunately, I kept some of the decent habits up. You know, I kind of have, uh, you know, uh, eat greens and, and uh, a vegan kind of meal plan probably three times a week. And then I go running uh, about two times a week and then I walk once a week. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. 
Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, there you go. I mean, I like to hear that. That's all good stuff. All right, so uh, let's talk about your future a little bit. Uh, but before we get into your future, I want to discuss your past. Like, if you had to take, Chris, uh, five things that have happened to you, moments in time, how old are you, Chris? Uh, 38. In the last 38 years, and call them your greatest hits, just like a country music star has a greatest hits album. What would you say Chris Dunham's five greatest hits have been? So one of them is definitely uh, saving my grandfather's life. You know, I'd visit probably once a month and there was a point where I wasn't visiting once a month. And, you know, I, I made the conscious effort to kind of go over and visit. And I'm like, I saw him and I'm like, holy crap, he is so skinny. You know, and, and my uh, mom's sister was looking after him. And I don't know if it's, you know, just uh, blinders or, you know, when you see somebody, you don't really see the changes. But I saw the changes and I was like, oh, hell no, we got to get we got to get the paramedics over here because he is just not looking good. So, yeah, I got 911, got the people over there and basically had some kind of uh, cancer. So he got worked on and definitely extended his life for about a year longer. And kind of the, the, the good news is it kind of brought our family closer because we were all like collaborating and talking about talking to him to keep his spirits up. And I don't know. There, there was a lot of positives with that. Um, let's see. Uh, let's well, see. I like, I, 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 let me, let me chat on that. I like that. I liked it. You called 911 because you know, I thought you were going to say, Oh, well, I booked an appointment. But, you know, if you were to book an appointment or try to get him to book an appointment and then your aunt would, you know, get involved. Oh, you know, she, would yeah, she was saying her. don't she was saying don't call. And I'm all like, yeah. no, fuck that. that that's going to happen right now. And I mean, I'm not one to like push 911 for no reason. Right. I'm, I'm the emergency responder. Like I deal with crazy shit. But did um, they take him in? Did they put him in? The oh, yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 were like, yeah, his his. Uh, oxygen levels and vital yeah. yeah we're not right so you know that, yeah, that, no, that, that was good because otherwise you've been fighting with the family she's got to be defensive because she's supposed to be taking care of them so that's exactly she's be like exactly. oh well, yeah. you know and then and then the appointment gets canceled and all this bs you know yep. uh, i don't i don't play that so you know i i did it and it, things like turned that. out you know things, uh, things worked out all right what else so I won the county science fair when I was like in seventh or eighth grade. You know, as I mentioned, I was pretty smart. So when I did apply well, myself. Was your, so you didn't do a volcano. Uh, what would you do? <laughs> uh, okay. So we, you know, I mentioned, so, so I, you know, I was cutting down trees when I was a kid and we actually had some pretty big pine trees. So we'll just say that they're a hundred years old. I, I, I don't really remember how old they were, but. Let's just say they're 100 years old. Well, if you look at the rings, the rings actually are different sizes. Well, just so happens that the rings correlate with rain cycles. And I figured that out. Um, so I took records from the paper of like rain, rainy days, and I correlated it to the growth cycle of a tree. 
and I won my county science fair. All right, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, what yeah, that's what pretty, else? That's pretty cool. I saved an old lady's life. I've actually saved, I think, quite a bit of people's lives, but this lady kind of really stuck out to me. So I get called on this, uh, I'd say a routine call. Basically, they're smelling gas in the middle of the street. And, you know, it's late. It's like right before I'm about to get off. So, you know, not wasn't too excited about the call. But anyways, you go there and I'm like, man, I don't see anything like I don't I don't I'm just not getting anything with my gauges. I'm not smelling anything. So. I get, I finally catch a whiff of it. I'm like, man, what is that? Is that the refinery? What is it? So I'm going back and forth and, and, and I'm doing this for about an hour, which is a long time for that kind of call. And I keep going past this house and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really smelling something now. So at that point, because I'm not getting anything with the gauge, because the gauge is like 20 times better than our noses. I could technically just leave and say, well, uh, let's get a more powerful sniffer. Let's, let's map out some lines and call it a day. I had the spidey sense and I was like, man, I keep passing by this lady's house. Well, her gas meter was rolling pretty good and it was cold. So I figured, well, maybe it's a heater. Um, during that time, the neighbors are like, you know, what's going on? And I was like, um, uh, got a gas leak, uh, call out here, but it seems like it's pretty, you know, just normal, uh, routine stuff. Right. And she was like, well, do you, you want to get into that house? And I was like, yeah, I knocked on it, but no, you know, it's late. So I can understand why nobody answered the door. Um, and, uh, she was like, well, she's a little bit older. So, you know, let me call her. So, so the lady calls her. And, uh, you know, we, we end up getting the lady outside the door opens. I'm just blasted with gas. And so that the percentage of gas in our house basically was enough to explode at any time. So I pulled her out. I said, Hey, ma'am, you have to evacuate right now. And, you know, it's cold. Uh, let me get you a blanket. Uh, got to get you out of here. So I'm shutting off the gas. Um, so I, I'm doing a walkthrough in this house. She has like old appliances with standing pilots. I mean, uh, that house would have exploded. She had a, a plumber there earlier who left the gas line completely just cut open. It was blowing in her house the whole day. And imagine if I would have uh, left, you know, because I could have technically done that house would have blown up. So I saved her life. Uh, holy dirt. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And to think about, you know, a plumbing mistake and she didn't smell it. Nope, like she, nope. she didn't smell it. She, she must've had no sense of smell. No, she's older, you know, really old, like 85, you know, she, she could walk, but yeah, she, she just had no clue. I mean, her eyes were even red because there was so little oxygen in her house. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, definitely. that's that's great. I, lo I love those stories. I think that's kind of on everybody's uh, uh, future greatest hits or bucket list item because I've read a lot of GoPros bucket lists and bucket list sheets and and a lot of them say save a life, you know. And it's just one of those things that what's, you know, what's so funny happen. is you, right? can't, you can't make that happen. It just has to kind of sort of happen. Like you know, what, what's so funny is I used to tell I used to tell my wife. Uh, all these stories because you know I've been into hoarder houses I mean all the stuff you see on TV I've been in those houses and uh, you know my wife doesn't even want to hear the stories anymore because they start kind of overlapping but 
yeah, it's just, you know, when you deal with people, it's, it's very, um, it, you get some unique situations. <laughs> absolutely, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about future greatest hits. Give me, give me three future greatest hits. Oh yeah. I got some good ones. Uh, make a 200 mile per hour, per hour car and drive it that fast. Uh, I want to make the scariest movie in the world and I want to go to the moon. <laughs> Man, those are, those are, uh, very, very uh, big. Let's say. Hey, man, so, I'm thinking. I'm thinking to the moon, right? <laughs> how? How? How are you gonna do that? Like, okay, so building the car. I guess you have some skills there. So, yep. so that that can be done. Going to the moon. How are you gonna make that happen? How are you gonna create that? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, what's his name, uh, Branson. I think they have some stuff to get you into space. I think it's like a hundred grand. I'm sure in a couple years it'll be less. So just pay for it, basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 Got to use money yeah. for something, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm sure. I'm sure in our lifetime we'll see that where you could just, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, and if you probably could do it now. I think probably. you can, but it's, it's it's like an astronomical amount of money. No, I'm, I'm Very, good right now, but it, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna make it happen. I like it. I love it, dude. All right, cool. So, what would you say your superpower is, Chris? Uh, my ability to connect with people. I can really connect with people on a deep level when I want to, though. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it with everybody. I want to connect with people who, who have their own superpower, right? Like, I don't know. There's just certain people where you just want to connect, and that's, that's when I want to connect with them. That's great. And what, what about your kryptonite? Shiny objects. You know, somebody tells me about they're making money with something else. I'm like, well, I want to check that out. But I've gotten better with that. But it's still it's shiny objects, definitely. Very good stuff. And let's talk a little bit about your give back ratio. What is your current give back ratio on your one sheet? Uh, it's 1%, 1. like two or something like that. But That's good. I mean, that's not bad, right? I mean, what and what are you giving to? Um... A lot of different things. I think I end up giving to, well, there's one that I really like. So there's this, uh, there's this house on the, it's in a actually fairly affluent neighborhood, but they literally show up on the news every year for this Christmas thing. I think their bill every day is like five grand in electricity. Cause they literally, I think they have like a acre property and they just shove it with Santa Claus and train sets and, all this crap that that makes like such a good experience for Christmas. So I I throw a ton of money at that. Um, I throw money at uh, like nature. Like I'm really into like forests and outdoor kind of things. Occasionally there'll be times where it's like you know because I have like a, a give jar. So occasionally there'll be a couple extra bucks in there. So I'll throw it at just random things, random act of ki kindness. You can put it. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, all right, cool. So let's wrap this up, Chris, with a spin of the GoBundance app. Let's do it. You ready to do that? Do it. All right, hold on. All right, Chris, what is the shittiest thing anyone has ever done to you? <laughs> shittiest thing that somebody's done to me. 
I have. Oh well, I, I can think of one right now. I've been sucker punched at a at a gathering. That, that that's definitely shitty. What happened? <laughs> you know, when you're younger, talking to some talking to too many girls, and uh, I guess somebody didn't like it, <laughs> and uh, I got sucker punched. So that 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 wasn't that good. That that's the first one that pops to my head. Yeah, yeah, I've been there too. So that's uh, <laughs> that is that is dirty, and yeah, I can see that. I can see that absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, interesting. Yep. And uh, Chris, so tell me, so are you in a GoPod now? Yeah, no, I I, I probably have like three GoPods. Honestly, uh, I think they're pretty uh, useful. And I, I do agree with the kind of the micro tribe. Like I think each group has their own dynamic. Um, when I first came into Go Bunnins, I kind of thought that, you know, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think there should be some tough accountability, but I think there's certain groups that it's easier for. Like they need a group like you. They need, they need a pat of the group, right, to really make it happen. Um, and not everybody's a pat. So, so you just have three, like uh... – informal ones or do you have any do you have a, a no, formal I have one that you are I have, a, I have an official one yeah i have an official one you have an official one and then you got a couple other uh, go bros that you just keep in touch with on the side kind of exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i think everyone's kind of like that too you know you got you got your official one i mean i've got two official ones and uh and, and, and you know and that's okay so long as you have the time for it and the, and the time commitment you know i usually recommend one though uh, and then, like you, just a couple other little, you know, relationships on the side or guys that you connect with. Uh, we are going to get. I, I, I do need to. We do need to put some energy behind the W two uh, GoPod for sure, or, or W two uh, Microtrod for sure. And that that, that you'll see yeah, that twenty twenty one. I think it's pretty important. I, I I definitely wanted to join that one, but you know, I I'm short on time. I. I I'm oh, it doesn't exist yet. It doesn't exist yet, but it, it will be there soon. Yeah. 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 No, it's just it. It definitely seems like something that would be worthwhile because we can all make you know set some kind of KPI to you know slowly dwindle our way out of it. Um, I'll be interested though. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're you're a GoPro and and you're a W two GoPro, please send Melanie an email at Melanie at GoBundance.com and let her know uh, you want to be in that micro tribe and we'll make sure you get in there. Well, Chris, this has been awesome, buddy. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your one sheet, some of your one sheet with us and wish you the best of luck and uh, I look forward to uh, breaking some bread with you in the near future. Yeah, I guess I'll see you in Tahoe, right? Yep, that sounds good. I'll be there. Do it. Talk to you later, man. All right, Chris. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success.
stuff to me, bitch. Now you can